What I want to really look at today is the fact that he said that he was the one who was promised by God and that he brought in the acceptable day of the Lord. At the very end, it says that that's what he came to do, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That was the year of Jubilee back then. When so whatever 49 years, you had a year of Jubilee where all debts were canceled. Now, I want to go back and, and, and share just another uh, passage from Isaiah. Isaiah tells us more about Jesus in the Old Testament than just about any other book in the Bible. There are several passages that they say are the messianic passages. And the one that I really want to lift out to you today is where it says in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, beginning with the fourth verse, surely our griefs he himself bore. And that word griefs is, uh, can also be translated sickness. Uh, anyway, surely our griefs he bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Listen to this. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. That's a messianic passage, just as Isaiah 61 is a messianic uh, passage foretelling the coming of our Savior, uh, Jesus, 700 years before he ever showed up and explaining exactly what he was going to do. He was going to wind up bringing all of this about. And uh, as I was thinking about this this past week, I um, bear with me as I share this with you. Some of you are too young to remember passenger trains. Uh, I mean, I, I'm talking about we use them a lot to go from Houston to my hometown in Cleveland, just 45 miles. You take a train. And uh, uh, back then, they, they were they was pretty cool to get on a train. I, I was a little boy riding on the train and there's the conductor. And if it was any length of time, they'd come by, they'd sell sandwiches. And you could buy a sandwich out of a little tray thing that they had them all made up ready to go. And uh, it was a fun thing as a little kid to get to ride a train. But earlier than my time, uh, it was a, a little bit more different. And some people would try to save money when they were taking trips on trains by carrying their food along with them. Because just like any other place nowadays, when it's a kind of a side thing, just like the popcorn at the movie, you know, you uh, it costs a lot more whenever you buy it there than if you bring it with you. Not that you're supposed to be taking popcorn into the movie. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, anyway, there's this couple was traveling and uh, this guy had never eaten a banana. And uh, 
his wife had been bugging him for years to eat a banana. And he just said, I just don't want to eat a banana. But it was a weird color. I just don't, nothing. I've never seen anything else look like that. I just won't, just don't want to eat a banana. Anyway, they were traveling and they got hungry. He got hungry. And uh, they, have a, they hadn't come by with the sandwiches. And there was a, I think it's called a club car where you could go and buy a sandwich if you needed to. And uh, he was just really getting hungry. And she said, well, you know, tell you what, I'll go to the club car and I'll get you a sandwich. And uh, here, the only thing, piece of fruit I got left is this banana. And uh, if you're really hungry, why don't you go ahead and try this banana? He said, okay, I'll try the banana. And so she went off to get the sandwich and she came back with the sandwich and she asked him, okay, so now, oh, did you eat the banana? I said, yeah, I did. Well, what'd you think of it? He said, not much at all. I didn't care for it. It tasted horrible. And now then, what do I do with this cob? <laughs> now then, I'm afraid that there are a lot of Christians who have misunderstood the heart of the Christian faith. They have missed what it's really all about. And kind of like this banana and this guy and the banana, they see the outside of the Christian faith. They see the skin. They see good works. They see people being nice people and good people. And uh, they see uh, people trying to not sin and, uh, and things like that. And they think that's what being a Christian's all about, is being a good person and trying not to sin. You see, they just see the skin and they're trying to live out of the skin. When there's so much more, there's so much, uh, just so, such a richer life. And some of these people, they wind up, it's like they, it's been predicted, there'll be a lot of them in this day and age. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They haven't really entered into what being a Christian is really all about. They just haven't gotten there yet. But they're trying, and they're trying so hard. But they've missed what it's really all about. That it's not about being a good person. The transformation comes when you finally get into the heart of it. And at the very heart of it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a receiving of what he did on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And whenever we finally really believe and receive what he's done for us, it makes all the difference in the world. And then the goodness, the niceness, that stuff falls into its proper place. But there's so many people that have totally missed that. The heart of the Christian faith is where the goodness is. Now then, Back many years ago, I learned a couple of questions to ask people about where they are along the line here. The first one is this, and so I ask you to consider it this morning. If you were to 
die today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? Can you say for certain that if you died today, that you would go to heaven? Now, I've asked a lot of people that question, and a lot of people, their response has been, well, I hope so. I'm really trying hard. And uh, then the second question is this. I said, well, that's okay. That being the case, let me ask you this. If you did die today and you stood before the Lord and he said to you, Rasmus, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Now put your name in the blank. So and so, why should I let you into my heaven? And whenever I've been talking personally with people and ask them this question, they'll usually say, well, I've tried to be a good person. And uh, I've, I've, I've tried to, te- to keep the Ten Commandments. And, and, and I definitely have never killed anybody. They always make a big deal out of not killing people. Like, like that's, and, and you know, Jesus went so far. He said, if you even uh, have anger in your heart, it's like committing murder, you know. I mean, uh, but there's, I hadn't killed anybody. And uh, uh, don't think I made any graven images. But anyway, they go through all this stuff. And I say, now I want you to stop and think about what you're saying. Everything you said has begun with I. I am trying real hard. I am just hoping he'll let me in. I hope I've been good enough. I, I, I. And this is just it. It's not all about you. That's not the heart of the gospel. It's not how hard you've been trying. And anybody that uh, has been in that spot, there's good news for them. Good news. And that's what Jesus came to bring was good news. What does he say? The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And that's to share the gospel with the needy. And that needy is the Greek word. It's, it's P-T-O-S, tohos or tohos. And it means there's two different words for needy. One is, uh, is being God's uh, kind of down and out. The other is to being totally destitute. And uh, this word here is the totally destitute. And it's whatever we realize that we can't do anything to undo what we have done in the past, that we can't and we can never be good enough for God, that we can start to really understand the good news of the gospel. And that is that it's a free gift. It's not earned. What, how does it say in Galatians? Uh, uh, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of works. It is a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. God is glorified in your salvation. You're not. You have to confess your sin. You have to receive it. And then you wind up uh, being in this spot where you can really get into the heart of what the gospel is all about. So anyway, it's not about uh, you. It's not what you have done that gets you into heaven. Now then, trying to live that sort of a life, trying to live a life where uh, you have just heard about the gospel. You see, there are a lot of people, they've heard the good news, but they haven't 
appropriate. I've been trying not to use that word because especially now that like we've got the budget coming, the budget, they finally got an extension passed, you know, just like last night. Uh, but uh, you hear about the appropriations committee and that's stuff going out. When I say appropriate, I mean personally apply to yourself. You've got to personally apply and receive what Jesus did on the cross for you. And there are a lot of people that they know all about Christianity. They know what it looks like. Just like that. That guy knew what a banana looked like, didn't he? But he didn't understand what it was all about. And so there are people that, uh, they, 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 they know all the doctrine. They know all the stuff and they're trying to be Christians, but they haven't done the most important thing. And, uh, these people, they wind up living like, uh, they, well, they, they've never really received his forgiveness. Let's just put it bluntly. They're living. They still live under the shadow of sin. I read this past week about you're never going to know how many back roads there are in your hometown until you go riding with a friend whose license has been suspended. (laughs) And that's the way these people live. They're living so carefully. They don't want to tick off God. They just don't want to, you know, they're just trying to stay in a safe spot, even while they're doing something wrong. So anyway, so there's that. And then uh, it reminds me about that reminded me of uh, a burglar I got to visit. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. He was a safe cracker and a burglar. He made it a point to just he was sharing this with me out of the bottom of his heart. He had this deal with God that he only stole from people that were insured. Because that way nobody got hurt. And so he, he burglarized jewelry stores and places like that so that nobody would get hurt. He was a good guy. He was a good guy burglar. Anyway, he wound up getting caught trying to turn somebody else in. So, uh, he wound up in jail and I wound up going to visit him in jail. And, uh, while I was, uh, I got through visiting with him. I visited with the sheriff for a bit. This guy, and he had told me this when he first came to see me, he had been an escaped convict. He, he, he broke out of prison up in like Washington state seven or eight years before. He had been on the run, just, just, just hiding out, living with other thieves and doing the best he could to get by staying under the radar and not get caught. You know what? It turns out that the state of Washington had done a purge of their uh, outstanding warrants and uh, things like that. There was no record of him anymore. Nobody was looking for him. And he had for about five years been living undercover and uh and hiding out when he had no need to. His record was clean. That's the way it is with us. Our record is clean. Your buddy that uh, had the suspended license, wouldn't it be ironic to learn that his license had been reinstated? 
and he didn't have to be driving the back roads anymore. That's what's at the heart of the Christian faith. It's been paid for. Everything has been paid for. Jesus has done it himself. He, uh, he proclaimed it. He proclaimed what he was going to do. Not only did he proclaim it, but he also lived it. And then he purchased what he said we could have. He paid the price for it. Whenever he was, uh, gathered, had his disciples together, together that last night, he took bread and he gave it to them. He broke it and he gave each one of them a piece. And he said, Peter, this is my body given for you. John, this is my body given for you. And he went through and he was looking down through the ages and he was saying, Suzanne, this is my body given for you. Bob, this is my body given for you. Carolyn, Frank, Sharon, every one of you here, you were included in that moment. And he told us to not forget after he had passed out his body, he took his blood and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for me. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for me, shed, shed for you. This is my blood. Drink this, all of you. And then he passed it around. When they came and they took him away and they nailed him on that cross, he won. They didn't take his life from him. He gave it away. And he gave it all away before they ever stuck that sword, in his, that spear in his side. And he did that so that your debt would be paid. It says the chastening for our peace fell upon him. That means that anything that you have been feeling that God has against you, it's not there anymore. It's been taken care of. If you've been bearing shame, guilt, regret, and other sorts of uh, uh, things from memories and from things of your past, the Lord has already taken care of them. It's washed, cleansed, so you can have a brand new life today. Today is October the 1st, 2023 A.D. A.D. stands for Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. When did that begin? 2023 years ago. It began when an angel or a group of angels appeared to some shepherds in a field and said, For unto uh, you this day is born a Savior in the city of David, and his name is Jesus Christ, is Christ the Lord. That's the day. We have been in the day, the acceptable year of the Lord for 2023 years now. You don't have to wait anymore. And it's not all behind you. Today is the day. You don't have to carry your guilt. You don't have to carry your shame. It's already been paid for. The only thing that's keeping you from his peace is receiving it. My mother 
wound up uh, with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, and it was in her bone. She basically had bone cancer, and uh, she prayed and prayed and prayed about it. Three different times when she prayed hard, the Lord spoke to her. The first time was whenever her little baby died, just three days old, my little brother, Michael Paul. And she she prayed and prayed, and uh, she just didn't know why he had to die. And the Lord spoke to her uh, and, and said, Don't you know that because of this child's death, thousands will live? See, Michael Paul was an RH negative baby and uh, what they call a blue baby. And back then, they couldn't do anything to uh, save those children. And uh, Michael Paul's autopsy helped them find a, uh, a, a something to change that. So now then, we don't even pay any attention to that. But he gave her an answer and it gave her peace. Next, she discovered she couldn't have children anymore, and she wanted children so bad. And she prayed, and she prayed, and finally the Lord just let her know, you're not having more children because I already have the child for you. And that's my little sister. Danette's adopted, and she's been my little sister ever since they brought her home from the hospital. So uh, then the third time she prayed, she was praying hard about having cancer. And she shared, you know what he told me? And she cried as she said, he just said, believe and receive. And that's what she did. And she was healed. She didn't die of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She died of something else. She died of congestive heart failure many, many years later. But uh, this is just it. Believe and receive. Whenever Jesus handed the bread out that last night if they just held it and carried it with them they wouldn't have completed what we're all supposed to do and that's what a lot of people do it's like they're given the elements of communion and they just carry them around and they know all about them they know what they mean but they've never consumed them they've never taken them in their mouth and just like that guy with the banana missing the best part of the banana. They're missing the best part of the Christian faith. And that's peace with God, forgiveness, walking in newness of life. And the only thing that's keeping them from it is receiving it. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that he set up this particular way for us to remember his precious death until his coming again because we need to remember that it's not just taking the elements and holding them it's not just looking at them and examining them it's not just carrying them around like there's some sort of a memento it reminds us that we need to take him in we need to stick the bread in our mouth we need to chew on it We need to swallow it. We need to totally receive what he has done for us. And that is what this particular sacrament is really all about. It just helps us to remember we don't just believe. 
we haven't fully believed until we're willing and we do receive. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.